Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where we bring you business-focused interviews with thought leaders and executive decision-makers to deliver actionable information for founders, CEOs, and finance leaders to take your organization to the next level. I'm your host, Doug Utberg, and I'm looking forward to getting the conversation started. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. Uh, So for today, we're actually going to be doing a forecast Friday edition of the podcast. And I'll be talking about something that is pretty topical, which is the current war between Russia and Ukraine. At least the war is going on at the time of this recording. Uh, So what I would like to do is just give my analysis of the situation and go out on a limb and give you my forecast of uh, of how I think it is going to unfold, which of course nobody can know for sure. Uh, so, of course, right, there are a lot of media stories that you read about, you know, whether it's Vladimir Putin, whether he's, you know, unhinged, crazy, whatever. Uh, my observation is that Russia, their economy is in pretty bad shape. I know in 2020, the Russian economy dropped a lot. In 2021, it improved a bit, but still, their economy is not doing great, uh, particularly because Russia's economy. Their, their principal uh, economy is based on oil, natural gas, and arms. I think Russia uh, supports uh, or supplies somewhere along the lines of 40% of Europe's energy. Uh, now, that's a lot. Uh, and now, pair, wait, uh, pair with this that there is a very significant pipeline in the Ukraine that Russia pays approximately $2 billion a year in transit taxes uh, to transport that oil and natural gas over to over for distribution to Europe. Now, you know, my kind of my analysis or my assessment is that I think Vladimir Putin is playing for a couple of things. Uh, number one, by destabilizing the, uh, you know, the ruble, the, uh, the, the Russian debt, etc. Uh, you know, what happened was, right, the, uh, the Russian, for example, the Russian debt before the invasion was basically trading almost at par, you know, essentially 100 cents on the dollar. And that's dropped precipitously. It's almost become untradeable. Okay, well, we know that there are transactions taking place and somebody is buying it. Now, if I was prone to conspiracy theories, I would think that one thing that they could potentially do with an invasion such as this is their central bank you know, either you know, through, inter, through third-party intermediaries could go in and start retiring their debt essentially at pennies on the dollar uh, just, because the, uh, just because the value has, has dropped so much. If people are dropping rubles and are dropping uh, Russian debt uh, pretty much at any price. Well, so one potential for this is that this could be a way for Russia to effectively uh, refinance its debt for about five to you know, for about you know, say five to fifteen cents on the dollar. Uh, granted, it's a very violent, destructive way of doing it, but that is one possibility that I think is a is 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 very is very likely probable. Uh, and again, I have no inside information. I'm just a person who reads the news. This is just my analysis on the situation. Uh, another thing that I think is very likely uh, to be an outcome of all of this is that I think at, at some point there will be uh, there will be some sort of ceasefire negotiation negotiated agreement. And uh, two things that I think will be very key to that is I think Russia will be looking to negotiate uh, to negotiate perpetual pipeline rights 
so that they no longer have to pay Ukraine. Uh, they may negotiate some of the disputed territories. I don't think that's really actually that important to them. I think the principal reason why Russia was going into the disputed territories was to stage for the for the later invasion. Uh, but then I think one of the bargaining chips will be giving back the uh, the Chernobyl nuclear facility. You know, because of course the uh, the principal thing with Chernobyl is that it's it has a very elaborate containment system around Reactor Four. Uh, because of the 1986, uh, the 1986 nuclear disaster, and essentially, if you put charges on that on that shell, you can essentially have the world's biggest dirty bomb that will irradiate more or less, you know, two thirds of Western Europe. Now, granted, it would also impact Moscow, so that's you. Know, that is a uh, that's not the kind of thing that we would want to do lightly, but it's a, you know, it's an arrow in Russia's quiver that I think the West would be very eager to, uh, to be able to take back. Uh, so, so these are some of the things that I see as possibly unfolding. Um, you know, I, you know, I think, of course, the news star articles are all going to be talking about, right, nuclear war, nuclear winter, mutually assured destruction. Uh, of course, you know, those are the things that grab headlines, but truthfully, I think they are very, very unlikely to happen. Uh, just because, right, you know, in, in the event that Russia launches a nuclear warhead more or less against anybody, then what will immediately happen is there will be a counterstrike from pretty much all of the other uh, nuclear armed. Uh, nuclear armed uh, countries, the United States being principal, but of course, right, you have many, uh, many nuclear powers in uh, Western Europe, uh, you get an immediate counterstrike that would neutralize all of Russia's industrial capacity, their, you know, their political, uh, you know, their political landmarks, their political uh, establishments, uh, more or less everything. And so there's, there's really no situation where that plays out positively. Uh, you know, other than if you're trying to grab headlines, which is what I think this is all about. Uh, now, you know, one of the things to think about also is to say, okay, how do we think that this Russia-Ukraine situation is going to manifest itself into the global financial markets? Well, one thing that we're seeing right now is that oil prices are spiking, uh, principally due to speculation over limited supply. Uh, another thing that we're seeing is that there is a lot of volatility in equity markets. Well, one of the things that I uh, that I foresee is that if if this volatility uh, starts to spark off margin calls, uh, which is is possible because there are a, there's a significant amount of financial assets out in the equity markets that are purchased on leverage. If the if this volatility begins to start spark margin calls, now you can have a deleveraging. And once you because a deleveraging is a situation where you have forced liquidation of assets because the uh, because that's required based on margin contracts in order to avoid a uh, in, in, in order to avoid an insolvency situation for that you know for that particular contract. And so if the financial market volatility because of the Russian Ukraine war sparks deleveraging, you could have a, it, it could bring an abrupt end to the economic expansion that the US and kind of globe in general is experiencing right now. Granted, this is a remote possibility, but it's something to think about. And if I was going to make a forecast, uh, I think that that is something that is likely because you pair this with the fact that roughly 20% of companies 
that are publicly traded currently are what they call zombie companies or are companies that are not currently earning enough to pay down their debt. And so what you have, what happens is you have continually expanding corporate debt. And now you pair this with equity market uh, volatility from a, you know, from a war between the Ukraine and Russia with energy market volatility. Uh, this is driving inflation. Uh, when, when that inflation ultimately results in higher interest rates, this is going to trigger defaults on the part of the zombie companies. And I think a deleveraging is very likely. Now, this is not something that I necessarily want to see happen. I am simply sh uh, simply sharing with you what I am observing and the analysis that I am putting on the situation. Now, in the event that a market deleveraging happens, uh, then you know what will happen is that you will see extensive volatility in both equity and debt markets. And uh, trust me when I say that you know anybody who hasn't lived who didn't live through the two thousand eight financial crisis. Uh, this will seem, you know, crazy. If the uh, the financial, if this, you know, it will not be exactly the same as a financial crisis because that was a financing, you know, a bank financing based deleveraging. This would be a corporate default based deleveraging, but it's still a similar situation, which is where you would have a lot of forced liquidation of financial assets that drives the price down. And so, you know, I, I don't, you know. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to go conspiracy theorists and say, you know, go out, buy gold, buy Bitcoin, whatever. Uh, but I would say be very, be very mindful of how your financial assets are positioned, uh, particularly what is going to happen if there is a very significant change in equity valuation, what's going to happen if there's a very significant change in debt valuation, and then also how much in the way of assets will you have available to deploy if and when there is this deleveraging and at some point there it starts to form a bottom. Now, of course, nobody can know exactly what a bottom is, you know, when you're at the bottom of a, of a crash, but you can know when the rate of deceleration is starting to slow. That typically is how the bottom formation process works. Uh, and again, this show is not based on a base, you know, you know, intended to deliver investment advice. I'm really just delivering my analysis. Uh, you know, but you know, my general analysis would be that it, it now is probably a really good time to be mindful of your exposure to equity and debt markets, and possibly to mitigate some of that exposure either by with hedging instruments or possibly just by holding additional cash. Uh, now, this is a this does have some inherent risk because inflation, uh, you know, inflation erodes the value of cash, but cash also reduces your impact of volatility. So, like all things in life, nothing is risk free. Um, so, so anyway, that uh, that is my forecast Friday assessment of the current global geoeconomic political situation. Uh, and uh, I would just like to thank everybody for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day and great rest of the weekend. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Share it with your friends by sending them to TerminalValuePodcast.com. For more information, please visit BusinessOfLifeLLC.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC.
All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.